The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> Don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Time is roughly one hour, although I get four, I think, Five breaks. If you count starting late, quitting early, one, two, three, four breaks. My Italian grandfather, who came here as a 17-year-old, used to say, Rabbit, I dug a ditches. How much, Papa? Dollar twenty-five a day. Now, <clears throat> he wouldn't have understand understood me getting four breaks in a day much less in one hour. My dad, who worked in a factory for 43 years, back in the days when that was much more common, I think he got one half-hour lunch. That's pretty much it. Pretty much it. But to me, I'm here because it's all about effort and commitment. 42, 48, 52 minutes straight sitting in a chair, sipping Coke, and talking with you. Grueling, but delighted to be here. Privileged to be here. 877-573-7825. equal is the number to call to get on to the program. Question about circumstances in your life. Question about something you don't understand in psychology or emotions or development or intellect or diagnoses. Questions about what's going on out there in our culture that is attempting to misshape souls left and right, especially the young ones, and doing one bang-up job of it, is it not? So many of you are so distressed over the direction that your kids have taken as they've moved into adulthood, and you wonder why we did everything we could to teach them the faith. How did this happen? What did we do wrong or most people's cases, what did we do deficient? And many of the people I talk to are good, honest, God-seeking people who didn't do anything deficient. But that culture is so strong in the way it shapes our kids. And I'll tell you what, I'm a grown-up. And it shapes me. I got to fight it in so many respects. Get into that some other time. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call. Definitely want to speak to you. And if you have questions on this day, few days before Christmas Day, regarding what one of our callers called last week, rather creatively called it, 
Mary Stressmas, wondering if, in fact, that's happening to you and why. What are you doing to yourself? You can call in. Or if you got some relatives that are really tough to take, as you see it anyway, they may see you as tough to take. And they're coming into town. Oh, why do they have to come into town around Christmas? Why can't they come in on Groundhog Day? You know, that's not a big holiday. Groundhog Day is okay. But Christmas, especially Christmas Eve. Oh, so questions like that. Give me a buzz. Uh, I just want to ponder a few more things in the infancy narratives of Luke. Now, I've made the comment the last couple of days that it's just... Well, I know God knows exactly what he's doing. But me, being limited and a Westerner, I'm thinking to myself, the greatest story ever told was the God of the universe becoming a little baby. Okay, give me more details here. Yeah, we got three pages. Three pages, roughly, in Luke. Maybe four. Um, can, can, can flesh it out here. Tell me, tell me, you know, how did Mary know the angel's name was Gabriel probably the angel told her but but it doesn't say he told her it just said an angel from Gabriel and what happened when she went and told her mom did mom say oh Mary you're probably dreaming don't worry about that I I mean I I just would love to know those things wouldn't you Dr. Ray it's not relevant story is the God man is with us well I know it's not relevant but isn't it interesting what could be more interesting than that absolutely phenomenal, mind-boggling, infinitely ramifying, that's not a word, story. It's incredible. And the other thing that happened here is, okay, now Luke, Luke has Mary visiting Elizabeth. There is some verses in the Old Testament talk about the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant went to the hill country of Judea after it was coveted, after it was recovered, and uh, stayed for uh, three months in the house of Obed-Edom. And when David had the Ark returning to him, he he leaped for joy, leaped for joy. And his wife Michal said, "Hey, come on, that's not very dignified. What are you doing?" Well, well, listen to this. And also, David said, "Who am I that the Ark of the Covenant should come to me?" The ark contained Aaron's rod, the manna, and the word, the commandments. Well, listen to this. This is this is why there's so much depth when you read Scripture, and, and you've got to have a phenomenal uh, commentary and something that really comes from a Catholic perspective, because I used to read non-Catholic commentaries, and they never, ever dealt with this. In those days, Mary arose and went, with haste to the hill country to a city of Judah. Okay, now recall, recall, that's where the ark was, hill country of Judah, for three months. She entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. Okay, David leapt before the ark of the covenant. John the Baptist, the baby in the womb, leapt at the carrier of the God-man. And she explained 
And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Wait, wait, wait. Doesn't that that resonate here? Doesn't that uh, bring back to you the Old Testament David saying, And who am I that the Ark of the Covenant should come to me? Yeah, Mary was viewed by the uh, early church fathers as the Ark of the New Covenant. She carried the Word, the bread of life, the high priest. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. But but it's interesting because if you go to the Gospel of Matthew, he talks a little bit more about the shepherds in the fields. Now, the shepherds were kind of the rapscallions, you know. These were these were these were rough and tumble dudes or they were just out and about from the uh, from, from the normal social structure and who who does God choose to announce the birth of his son first to the shepherds and he saw a whole bunch of angels if I was a shepherd and I'm looking up there and I'm seeing a whole bunch of angels I'm not likely to think oh wow look at that that's better firework display than I ever saw whole bunch of angels cool is that cool how are they doing that and then the angels are giving glory to God. And I go see the baby. Wow. God does it so differently than we expect him to do it. Think about that. When things happen in your life and you say, that's not the way I would have done it. Keep in mind that the greatest event in the history of the world God did it in so many ways opposite of the way we would do it. I wonder how many times in my life I say, why did it go that way? Why did that happen? And God's thinking, to use a human word, God doesn't have to think, he just knows, but I'll use human words. And God's thinking, right? You're limited. You're dramatically limited. So, I'm doing it this way. In the words of my six-year-old son, Andrew, after asking a whole bunch of questions about life, my, my wife explaining, bringing in God's explanations, Andrew said, that God, he's a pretty smart guy, isn't he? 877 57 equal. I'm Dr. Ray. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to his voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord Teach Me to Pray series now. 
Go to lordteachmetopray.com. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I come from the other side of the tracks, see? My uncle used to have slot machines. Put one nickel in and it's emptied. And I brought him home in a bag. And my mother looked at me. Where did you get all that money? I said, I won him. You didn't win him. He fixed the machine. I didn't care if he fixed the machine or not, you know? EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Where no brain has gone before. Warp Factor 5, Mr. Sulu. I know. Showing my age. Most of you listening do not know anything about the original Star Trek. Turned out to be kind of like a cultish sort of following. Was not really real successful in its original run. Only ran for three years. And pretty much Kirk saved the universe every time. Most of the universe anyway. Sometimes only a galaxy when he was having an off day. Margaret is asking a physiological question here. Hi, Margaret. Hi. <laughs> You're wondering how much of the wiring and how much of the chemicals in a person's brain really affects their tendency to be trip switch in their anger. Anger, depression, enjoying a good crisis, all of that sort of stuff, yeah. One of the things that I have become much more convinced of and aware of as I've been a shrink these years is how much our wiring, the way we're put together physiologically and the chemicals and everything, and and the brain is the most complex thing we know in the universe, um, influences us. Truly it does. And you're saying, I wonder if those who are kind of in a state of anger all the time um, have too much of certain chemicals, hormones in their brain. Well, well one, either that. Go ahead. Okay, I was going to say either that or I'm wondering if certain people, it becomes, for lack of a better word, almost an addiction. It's their status quo, so they don't feel right. Unless they're having an issue, whatever that issue may be. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Absolutely. There is a lot of research that says by the way we respond, by the way we think about things, by the way we get ourselves agitated, it sets up neural circuitry. And those circuits are much more likely to fire. I'll give you an example of anxiety when people become anxious in a particular situation and then over time that anxiety grows because they continue to rehearse their fear 
as they approach that situation, whatever it is, say they let's say they had a, a very bad experience in a restaurant, they choked, and so now going to restaurants, the thought of it makes them anxious. Well, that's that's getting wired into their brain, and they're going to have to unwire it by basically approaching those restaurants and finding out that the restaurants are not dangerous, but that's kind of a rewiring process. You're absolutely right. The, the brain is incredibly plastic, meaning it can reshape itself, and those kinds of things. You know, my aunt was 93 years old. I don't think I ever saw her mad in her life. Was that because she was just such a well-adjusted, psychologically speaking individual? Yeah, she may have been. She was a nice lady, but but her temperament was so low-key. It just was. And I thought, boy, oh boy, she doesn't get upset over anything. I'd be punching the wall. Now, I I, I would imagine there's def- definitely different wiring between me and my aunt. You see that in kids, right? I mean, right, the three-year-old yeah. the three-year-old can be incredibly sweet and cooperative, and another three-year-old just immediately challenges everything. Well, you didn't train them that way, not at age three for the most part. So something in their brain, I think you're absolutely on to something. But here's the problem. And I think this is one of the reasons why God says don't judge. Meaning don't judge the state of somebody's soul. Because you really don't know what that brain is wired like. Yes, there's objective right and wrong. And we have, thank God, most of us have the ability to overcome our wiring but the wiring can 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 make it more difficult or less difficult i i i think you're you're totally right okay i was just wondering yeah (laughs) i i I think reading and it's raised some questions sure margaret and you know part of the question that people have with all this is that they just assume that we are only the product of our learning that's it which means as i talked about a few minutes ago that if your kids reject the faith it means that you taught them poorly or you missed something well that's not always true i got some families who have priests and i got in the same family an atheist so what is it about the way they're put together and what is it about the mysterious working of God's grace we don't know those things and that's why God says be careful when you judge the state of somebody's soul I know their brain better than you do <laughs> alright well thank you very much I appreciate that Merry Christmas to you Margaret alright thank you you Alrighty. too bye bye well, what do we got here um, Carrie Carrie from St. Louis Mo. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Thank Tell you me for about this. My call. You're welcome, honey. Tell me about this son of yours. Um, so he's the youngest of six. Um, he's just uh, giving us a lot of headache, <laughs> especially since he has started high school. Um, he's doing a lot of uh, throwing fits and yelling, being verbally abusive. Yikes. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't know what's going on in there. Um, he, the only device that he is allowed to have is his school computer, and he is only allowed to have that 
at home till nine o'clock and then we lock it in our room. Um, but I know he's on it at school doing, you know, watching YouTube videos and um, he's been on TikTok and he hasn't figured out that we can look at his history yet. So um, I don't really know what to do. First thing you do is I, you talk to the school. You say, I look. Done, I have done that. Um, I tried to get a hold of the um, guy who does the electronic stuff. Um, he never got back to me, so I tried again today, so I haven't heard back yet. Personal visit. Yeah. Go go there. Talk to the principal. Say, here's what's happening. Okay. My son is well, doing this. Text or um, email today. Go, yeah, go personally. Yeah. And my son is doing this, okay. and uh, we do believe it's affecting his attitude and his view of us and his view of you and his view of schoolwork. What safeguards can we put so that he can go nowhere other than what the teachers assign? So mm-hmm. apparently, here's I, okay. I can't say what's going on with your son here, Carrie, but here'd be my guess after seeing this a bazillion times. I think a bazillion is one times ten to the ninth power. I'm not sure. <laughs> when they start seeing what's available out there, when they start looking at the the rot and the ugliness and all the things that come at them, telling them that traditional morals are bad and parents are bad and you're you're being suppressed and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They get resentful. They get nasty. And mm-hmm. they view you as an adversary. You know, you, you, you just are in the way of normal 14-year-old childhood. That's how they see it. So here's another interesting thing. You said you take it away... After 9 o'clock, that means he has it all the way up to 9? Well, he, so he's supposed to be on it to do his homework, his schoolwork, and he is in the common area. He okay. does not, Good. You know, we have him sitting at the table okay. with, I mean, there. I still have four children at home, including him, and so there's a lot of people around. We can see what he's doing. Okay. Um, and we make it so, and that's the rule. Like, he has to be sitting so we can see what he's doing. Um, we can hear what he's doing because <laughs> he's okay. tried the headphone thing. Um, we took those away. Well, he's like, just, he he's just mad. He's, he's mad because you're doing all that. He's just mad because in his mind, I should be able to go where I want to go on this computer. Right? right. Okay. Right. Uh, is he the toughest of the six kids? Yes. Okay, and this this goes with the with the wiring question we just got. I mean, you see how he yeah. is somewhat naturally resisting your parenthood. The other thing too, of course, is that you said he's the youngest, and I noticed a radical difference between my oldest and youngest just in terms of navigating the social environment. It was horrible. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and there was only twelve years between them. So, given that, you said a couple of significant things. You said he's very disrespectful. He is. He throws fits, and I don't know the extent of these fits. Is he busting stuff up? Is he screaming? Is he acting like a three-year-old? What's he doing? He is throwing stuff. Whoa! And yelling. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, are you married, Carrie? Yes. Are you and your husband on the same page on how to handle this? Not exactly. No. Ah, ah. Oh, okay. Well, all right. That's a to- that's a topic for therapy. 
Um, <laughs> see, you know, you, uh, people are getting a lesson on how when you start to dig down into some of these dynamics, things start to pop up that are ingredients in what's going on. Um, I don't have time because I'm going to get cut off here by the break. Mm-hmm. But I think you and your husband got to sit down and decide what you're going to do about this kind of behavior because you got other kids watching. And they're thinking, oh, is this the way you can act toward mom and dad? You can throw things? You can throw a fit when you're three, like you're a three-year-old? What What is going on here? And I think you may have to sit down and decide, okay, here's our rules, here's our conditions, and here's what we're going to do. Because this behavior can't be allowed, and, and I'm, I'm smelling between the lines, Carrie, that somehow, some way, it's being allowed. Now, I can't know what's going on with your son. I can't know any of that. But just some things to ponder 877-573-7825 this is dr ray the heart of the interior life with elizabeth jingle in saint ignatius of loyola's 14 rules for the discernment of spirits The fourth rule highlights the characteristics of spiritual desolation. One of those aspects of spiritual desolation is disquiet from various agitations and temptations. Agitating movements of the heart, temptations, and the disquiet are indications a person is experiencing spiritual desolation. Father Timothy Gallagher writes, Here Ignatius pinpoints a further trait of spiritual desolation. Within the heaviness of the desolation, The person experiences a restless flow of agitating movements mixed with temptations that disquiet the person. If you have experienced this aspect of spiritual desolation, identifying it, understanding that it comes from the enemy, and rejecting it will hasten the return of interior peace. For more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. We have something that stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world. It's called the Word of God. The Word of God is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good, the true, and the beautiful. All that sets itself up as an opponent to Christ Jesus. The Word of God is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances. We always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. You're the guru of the gray matter. I figured if anybody had it, you'd have the answer. I don't know. You can be the guru of the gray matter. A lot of it depends on how much gray matter and how intricate the connections. So if I'm the guru of small parts of the gray matter, can't really do anything to help you. Thanks for joining me here doctor is in merry christmas um mary is calling um hi mary hi dr ray can you how hear long, me how long have you been married uh five years 
Oh, okay. So it's a relatively uh, very new marriage and a, a very young husband? Yes, yes. He So he had an accident recently with my daughter. He was carrying her down the stairs and they fell. And so she got injured and he cannot forgive himself. He cannot get past it. He brings it up like 30 times a day, says he's the worst father in the world, things along that line. And he does this with a lot of things, like, you know, something bad will happen at work, a project doesn't go well or something. And like for months after, he'll just like, you know, say, oh, I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have done this. How could I have done that? Blah, blah, blah. Like, things like that. I mean, he could stub his toe, and, like, he'll, he'll say, like, you know, how could I do that? I'm such a fool. Things like that. And it's, like, and it's nonstop. <laughs> um, and nothing I say makes him feel better or helps the situation, it seems like. So I don't know how to help him. I don't know why he keeps thinking these thoughts, and, you know, it just nothing helps from what from what i'm doing so well have you thought about not saying anything more about it yeah i've gotten to the point where i just ignore him completely i just you know go on go along you know doing what i'm doing and I, I don't say anything and i i told him i was like i don't know what else to say to you i don't know what you want me to say because I've said everything that I can think of, you know. Is he a religious guy? Yeah. Oh, well, you might say this. So, you think God expects you to be perfect in every way as a human being? That's it. That's your that's your soundbite. So, you okay. think God expects you to be perfect in every way as a human being? Yeah. The okay. fact that the fact that he's doing this to himself, my guess would be, Mary, that he's just riddled with all kinds of insecurities. And I, I you know, I can't pronounce that on your husband. I don't know him. But yeah. I'll say as a general rule, when people dramatically react to natural human mistakes or things in their world that just don't go quite as they would have liked much of the time it the base of it all is they're very insecure about their competence mm -hmm. he says i'm the worst father in the world kind of thing um did you see this back when you first met him no i didn't hmm. well you might ask him you might ask him you say you know back when we were dating i never saw any of this what's changed yeah what okay. you're doing is you're you're not you're Probably it's easy to get pulled into the old, and, and you've said you've pulled out of it. Get pulled into the old, okay, I will try to reassure you, redirect you, show you a better way to think, and all of that's very tiring because it doesn't make much difference with him, right? Right, yeah. So switch it. Switch it up, Mary. Go for the process. Example. He's doing something complaining. You say, why do you do this to yourself? Or, so you think God cares about any of that? In other words, what you're doing is you're not arguing the specific. 
that he mm-hmm. blew something at work and you're saying, yeah, but doesn't everybody do that at work? And doesn't your boss say that you're really a good guy? And doesn't he really come? Didn't you just get promoted? You're trying to do all that. And it's bouncing yeah. off. It's bouncing off of him. So yeah. start start going after the process. Do, okay. do you like do you like dwelling on this stuff? Are you happy when you're unhappy? Um, how do you let this stuff go? In other words, you're you're just focusing constantly on what he's doing to himself and not the particulars of what he's doing to himself. Okay. Okay. Or something as simple as, do you think God cares? Okay. Do you think God wants you to do this to yourself? Okay. You may you might jog him a little bit to yeah. think about this stuff. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'll give that a try. Good luck to you, dear. All Merry right. Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas. All right. Bye. That's, you know, okay. Again, related to our first call. There is something probably in this husband's brain that is more inclined to that kind of rumination, that kind of I failed, I'm wrong, I'm inept, I'm a loser, whereas other people can shrug it off. It doesn't even affect them. Matter of fact, I've had a lot of calls on this show where people would say, I wish it would affect them more. They don't seem to care. Exactly. So it's interesting and only God knows what's going on up in that brain and some of it is probably reinforced by a thinking pattern every time something doesn't go exactly the way I wish it to go if I see myself as any part of that I got to start thinking about it rather than just quitting thinking about it stop it that's a by the way that is a a great gig if you want to go to go to YouTube and put stop it Bob Newhart it's a classic but it's something I think that does have some pretty good psychological principles to it uh, I've only got a minute left I only got a minute left I just got the word from the folks at EWTN that the numbers are starting to mount and we're going to be doing some publicity through our Birmingham affiliate and the Quest affiliate in Atlanta, and EWTN is, is going to start putting out all kinds of notices because on January 16th, heading down that way to produce four TV shows living right with Dr. Ray in the EWTN studios. So if you're anywhere near there and you want to come in, I think the show times are 9, 10, 30, 12, 2, 30, something like that. I'm not sure. It's, it's on the website, and I'll tell you the link here in a second. You want to sign up? You want to be there? And... Bring the kids, for heaven's sakes. Somebody asked that. Do you want kids? Of course we want kids. We've had as young as two months, and we've had as old as close to 100. Well, that was when Teresa Tamio came. Okay, but other than that, um, any time, anybody, be great. If you go to EWTN.com forward slash Dr. Ray Live, D-R Ray Live, list the four times at the EWTN Studios. And uh, you can sign up for one, two, three, or four, whatever you would like. And you could, in between, go look at all the neat, neat things that Mother Angelica put in motion there some 40 years ago at EWTN. 
Father Benedict Rochelle. I don't think people should have negative fears of God, but I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the Pope or to the President of some country or something. You might get a little lump in your throat. Forget it. Every day, you, I, live and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have, and we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize His presence, and in proportion as we believe that He is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. There's so many issues that need to be discussed when we're looking at this continuing problem of mass shootings. At the heart of it is what's going on with the human person, though. Father John Mercado brings up deaths of despair in great detail in his beautiful Rescue Project series. Or so many young people now, or with that survey pre-COVID, were talking about how desperate they felt, how lonely they felt, how isolated they felt, how suicidal they felt. And then we had a recent survey come out from the CDC looking at a similar case with young girls. And this feeling of desperation and loneliness that despite everything they had access to and what they could do with their bodies, this so-called freedom, the world's version of freedom that shoved down our throats every single day, they're still not happy. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Okay, if you're feeling bored, here's what you do. You find a group photo of four girls that you know together on the Instagram or some social media site and comment, you three look great. And watch what happens. Um, <clears throat> Sue, from, I always get nervous saying Sue, it's a verb now, from Minnesota. Hi, Hi Sue, how are you? Are you? Hi, Sue. Well, I'm doing well. Good. I think I finally figured out your sense of humor. I think I have you figured out now. Wait a minute. How long did it take you? Oh, you know, just like the first several episodes. But <laughs> All right. I'm used just, to you now. <laughs> just, okay, yes, that's an interesting, interesting way to put it. Uh, just out of curiosity, you can be straight up. The first tune in or whatever many minutes you listen to, what was your impression? That you knew what you were talking about. Well, but what about the humor part? What about you, you having to get used to the humor? Well, it didn't take too long. I've, I've met your kind before. Oh, jeez. Hey, this is getting deeper <laughs> as we talk. Well, I'm not going to go with that. I'm not going to say, what is my kind? I'm not going to. I'm going to help you out with your three-year-old grandson here. Yes, I love him to pieces, and he's he's great. And his parents do a good job, but, you know, he's got a lot of energy. 
and just to try to rein him in to do what they want him to do. And then, you know, they say timeouts aren't supposed to work, Mom, so I'm not, we're not going to do those. I'm like, okay, then what? Where did they, wait a minute, stop the tape. What are they reading? And I know what they're reading because that's what a lot of shrinks and child development people think. Timeouts are not going to work. So how's it working for them now? Well, that's just it. That's what I used to do with them, but... So, kids, so how do they, just out of curiosity, how do they then direct this child or even quote unquote, uh, I hate this word, discipline him if they have to? How do they do that? Well, they they talk and they talk uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then he runs away uh-huh. and I'm thinking, uh-huh. how, how, and uh-huh. then, okay, you can do your toothbrushing first and then we'll take over after they that. They give him choices. Yes, they give him choices. Well, Sue, I'm going to tell you. You called in about the bedtime bad times. But in my opinion, just yeah. what little you're describing, they, that may not be the trouble. The trouble may be that they're doing modern, enlightened, gentle parenting, and it's blowing up in their face. My office is filled with people who do that. They come in. Timeouts don't work. Timeouts are punishment. Timeouts are awful. And they come in and they think, what do we do? We've tried reasoning with him. We've gotten down on his level. We've used win-win scenarios. We've given him choices. We've we've done everything and he's just getting more and more tough. Yeah. Because you're starting out with the wrong premise that a three-year-old or a five-year-old or a seven-year-old is eminently reasonable. So if they're not going to use timeout, I then then everything else I would suggest is isn't going to work for them. Well, can I use it? Because I mean, if you yes. have her over here, yeah, absolutely. Huh? Now, but here's your problem. Okay. Here's your problem. My guess would be, even by age three, they haven't taught him to accept their authority. So that even if they were to use timeout, he wouldn't take it. If you used it, would he take it? I don't know. My daughter didn't always. Here's what you could do when he's at your house. There's what you could do. You could try the first step. You say, okay, I'm not going to chase you. You need to go sit on the steps until I decide you're ready to go to bed. If he refuses... You say, you understand that if you're not in bed when grandma says that tomorrow I'm going to tell you no to a whole bunch of things. Now, he's not going to remember that. He's three. But when he wakes up tomorrow, after you finally get him to bed, you can say, remember when I said, if you didn't go to bed, when grandma said that the things you asked for, grandma's going to say no. He's looking at you like, what are you talking about? Come on, man. My parents don't do this. Who are you? And what you'll have to do is you'll have to spend a few nights teaching him that. Though he asked for his favorite yeah. cup, and you say, no, you didn't go to bed in time. Or he asked for his favorite stuffed animal, you say, no, you didn't go to bed in time. After you do that mm-hmm. a few times, which I got to believe he's going to throw fits too, because it's almost a given when parents use this kind of ever reasoning with a three-year-old. Almost all of them get to the point where they throw fits. Almost all of them. And the parents can't understand why. I'm doing everything the book says to do. Why is this happening? And then you know what happens, Sue? This is what happens. 
they start to think something's wrong with the kid. By the time he's five, six, seven, and eight, and he's really unpleasant to live with, they go on the search. Well, we've got to find out why he's like this. Let's check his diet. Maybe he's, maybe he's a middle child. Uh, you know, it could be ADHD. Um, I'm wondering what exactly it is. Self-image problems. Anger management issues. They, go, they do through all this. But they don't look at the one place where they could probably make the most impact, and that's at themselves and the way they've dealt with this. So, right. I got a book well, for he, you. If he if does you, throw a yeah, go ahead. If he does throw a fit, what? If he does if he does throw a fit again, you know, after saying so then do you just put him on a timeout again? You could I say mean, to him you, you could say to him, until you go to timeout, whatever you ask grandma is gonna be no. Okay. Now the parents are not gonna agree with this. So no. hope hopefully they will give you and Dad, I, I wouldn't even talk to them about this, but they will give you permission to deal with him as you wish as a grandparent when he's your house. If they say, no, you can't use timeout. If they say, no, you can't deny him privileges. He's only three. Then you got a decision to make here, Grandma. And that is, do you watch him? That's reality. That's just reality. Yeah. And you ain't alone in this. I see so well, I many generations like this where the where the young kids now okay just as a thought i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this at you by any chance are they highly educated professional people oh yeah okay enough said i see this much more among the the highly educated who who in many respects jettison common sense and instinctual wisdom for the new and improved psychological ways of raising children and and they can work but they don't work for the majority of kids and there's the difference yeah all righty my dear thank you for the call oh man we got a boatload of folks up there and i'm i just want to get to everybody and i'm i'm so sorry but I'll, I'll try to get a couple more in because I do want to wish you a, a very blessed Merry Christmas uh, because tomorrow we're going to probably run a rerun of the Look Back Friday because I won't be here. i got to go do my Christmas shopping that takes me about two minutes as I walk up and down the aisles. This is Dr. Ray. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. 
You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you feel as though life is flying past you? Are you desperate for a way to find moments of peace and quiet? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. want to apologize to all the folks that could be waiting online with the promise that if you call back any time in the future, all the way to the end of the world or to the end of my life or to the end of this program itself, you'll be first up. Nancy Calling from uh, Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati, Ohio. She's going to have her three teenagers over for Christmas. Christmas. Nancy, I'm confused. You're having them over for Christmas. Does that mean you don't have custody? Yeah, they've been living with their dad. They just come over here. The one, the nineteen, the one nineteen-year-old is fed up with her dad and wants to live with me. But she's gone. She's gone to the point where she's she drinks and smokes, and she's a sloppy, sloppy person. So I can't have her live with me. But uh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> so dad's lack of religion didn't help these kids much, did it? No, he's he's changed. He, I can't even have any of them live here anymore because they just and they, they're doing all this partying and staying up late and drinking and smoking and all this stuff. But they are coming over here for Christmas. Okay. Um, but yeah, I have one that wants to come back and live with me, and I said no, I don't want my house looking like that. And I have a lot of rules and structure. You'll you won't make it here for maybe two days. <laughs> well, isn't it so, interesting I, the parallel here, Nancy, which is. You see, when you just abandon God and you decide you're going to raise him according to social principles, the research says this. This is not my opinion. It is much, much higher chance you raise very discontented, misguided folks. But that said, you're wondering how much to talk about your belief that this little baby is the God man to them because they are just hostile to this, right? Right, I want to be a disciple, but I, I don't want them just to come over and get gifts and, you know, I've got some games planned and everything. It's going to be a fun fun weekend with Christmas, but I just, how do I? Well, you have every right at some point to sit down and say, this is what Christmas means to me. I'm not asking you to respond. I'm not asking you to argue with me. I'm not even asking you to believe it. I'm going to ask you just to listen to me for the next minute or two. Get past the rolling of the eyes and get past the huffy sighs and say, I believe that God entered the world as a baby. There's plenty of evidence for this. And there's plenty of indication if you live the way he said he lives, you live a lot happier, you live a lot better. You don't believe that, but I'm telling you the way it is. And then I'm going to ask you a simple question. Are you content with the way you're living? You don't, you don't have to apologize for your beliefs, Nancy. And if you're worried about saying, yeah, but they'll just they'll be turned off. They won't want to come and be with me. Well, wait a minute. They don't want to come be with you anyway, except the one that you don't want to come and be with you. So it doesn't really matter, does it? 
Right. Mm-hmm. You're you're right. going to throw down a few seeds and see what happens to it. Or you could do this. You could say, I'm curious. I really just am curious. Please tell me what it is about this religion stuff, as you call it, that is such a turnoff. Just tell me. Ooh. Well, it's the hypocrites. It's all the hypocrites. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. We're all sinners. We all we all don't act completely like we believe. But how does that make what we believe not true? Tell me. Just tell me. Get them to explain themselves to you. You don't try to explain yourself to them. Get them to talk out loud about how they've decided this is all just a bunch of baloney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my son, uh, he wears a cross around his neck, and he wears it every day. He got in, on a cruise, and I don't, I can't get him to church. I can't. I'm don't really try. Never... Don't try. Just simply say, okay, what's that cross mean to you? Well, it's something nice. I wear it because I like it. Mean anything else to you? No. No, okay, you realize that's a torture device then. That's the Romans torture device. If if Jesus isn't God, all that was is just you're wearing a torture device around your neck. Mm. I mean, again, they have no reasoning as to why they've abandoned this. All they know is it could interfere with the way they want to live right now at their age. It's really what it mm-hmm. is. It's the moral stuff. Right. All right. Tell them. I'm interested. I'm curious. You you tell me why this makes no sense to you. Well, science has disproven it. Have you mm-hmm. looked? Have you looked into some science stuff? Would you be Would you be willing to look into some science stuff if I if I gave you the websites? Shroud.com, Eucharistic Miracles, Incorruptibles, kinds of stuff boggle their mind hmm. Guadalupe Tilma do you recommend any Dr. Ray you recommend any kind of like book Christmas um, gifts like any kind of like yeah yeah devotion uh, or some kind of like a maybe I can wrap up the book or two, something well what will happen is they're not going to read anything heavy they're not going to read anything big give yeah. them the case for Christ and the case for faith it was written by a guy who was an atheist and he, he wanted to prove missed, he wanted to prove God was didn't exist, and he ended up becoming a Christian. Now, it's an evangelical book, but the arguments are simple and easy to follow. Case for Christ, case for faith. All right, case answer. for faith, okay. Case for faith. Lee Strobel, S-T-R-O-E-B-L-E. I got to run because I want to oh. wish everybody a beautiful Christmas, okay? Thanks, Nancy. All right, I saw folks who dropped off already because they said, all righty. Well, maybe they didn't drop off. It looks like it's just... Uh, the way it's there's a whole bunch up there and i'm sorry about that i just want to thank you all for your calls and tom for your patience there please call back you'll be first up because i know you've waited quite a while this is dr ray i'm wishing you a most blessed christmas don't let the demands of the culture and all the other stuff get to you just immerse yourself in having a warm beautiful time as best you can and you got some rough relatives, don't let them get to you. You don't have to let them get to you. Jesus came. We can walk with God. God, man. God bless you all.
For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.